The year was 2020, and I was looking at some of the vehicles that were coming out. Some of the brand new, full-size crossover utility vehicles coming from Korea. And one of them caught my eye right off guard. I looked at both of them coming from Hyundai Motor Corporation, both the new Palisade and the Telluride. And I said, there's something distinctive about these vehicles. One's from more of an economy brand and the other one's more of a standardized brand. But both of these products tend to look a little bit higher up on the scale than they should. Palisade coming in looking similar to that of an Escalade, even going as far as to have the aid at the end of its name to confuse people thinking that it could be an Escalade or Hell, the Telluride. Borrowing aspects from the GMC Yukon and a Range Rover. But why? These weren't exact copies, but they still copied something from someone else. They gave you the perceived image of luxury that these cars were worth more than what you were actually paying for. And that is what we'll be talking about today on the Autolux Podcast. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, talking to you today from our main host site at Autolux.net and our podcast host site, Podbeam.com, which streams this along every major streaming service out there, inclusive of iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. Yes, we can be found there with the Autolux.net Podcast or Autolux Podcast if you're looking for it. Remember that Autolux is one word auto looks and if you're looking for a little bit more information from this podcast or things that we do talk about within our podcast blogs or just looking for corporate websites from around the globe big or small we have them all autolux.net is your host site for all information and everything coming from the ecom media service and autolux.net so as i said in the intro today i saw the palisade and just said to myself that is a perceived luxury vehicle who would go out of their right mind to buy that and i thought to myself oh yeah people who can't afford to buy luxury but want to look like they have luxury there are people that are like that they want to perceive it now there are just people out there that buy them because hell their car got old they wanted to trade it in it suits all the right market for them but a palisade has a very close proximity name as well to its competitor that it wants to be mistaken for the escalate it's a perceived luxury product now, products like this have been going way back. We have had perceived luxury since we started getting down to three standard divisions of vehicles. Now, remember, listen to our American Auto Divisions podcast we did a while back. You will learn that in the original points of vehicles, when they first came out in the early 20th century, vehicles were based on price points not on class. So as the price point got higher, it moved into different portions of the spectrum. So like a Buick wouldn't be priced the exact same as a Chevrolet, which is very similar to today, but today you can find Chevrolet overlap vehicles into the Buick category. And you could find Buick vehicles that overlap into the Cadillac category. Whereas before, Buick would stop and Cadillac would start. But today, we have three standard divisions and Hyundai Motor Corporation is a prime example of all three standard divisions. They have. Well, technically, they're not 
not the best bet. Let's go with Chevrolet. General Motors is the best perceived one. Why? Because they used to have so many different divisions and now they've gotten down to the main core ones to go with. You got Chevrolet as your standardized product. Then you move up to Buick, which is your premium products. They get a little bit more class and features than Chevrolet, but they're not as high-end, technically advanced as products like Mercedes and BMW. That's where you hop into your Cadillac. Now, General Motors covers all three of these spectrums within their product range. You can move from a base model Acadia to an AT4 in the sports category to, to the Denali edition, which kind of bends the line between premium and luxury. So, premium-based vehicles that feel like luxury or standardized vehicles that seem like they're luxurious. I don't know. My first inception into this world was a Toyota Avalon. I always thought it was more of a premium based product, but it comes from Toyota, which is a standardized car company. The Avalon was their only foray into the full size market in North America, which has now been lost. But the Avalon strike a point with being perceived as one of those products that was in a premium category. It was perceived to compete against products from Buick. It was a Toyota standardized brand that competes directly with Chevrolet, but it had a product in its category that competed with products which were perceived as Buicks in a premium category. So it was perceived more luxurious than the brand attached to it. Sound kind of familiar? Do you not remember? This is how Hyundai moved into the luxury world. From the Pony to the G90, Hyundai has gone through every standpoint. They have gone from Econo boxes all the way up to competing with the likes of Mercedes and BMW with their Genesis brand. But before the Genesis brand ever came out, Hyundai had the perceived luxury. And they're one of the companies that was amazing at doing this, similar to that of Toyota. But you got to remember, Hyundai modeled a lot of their success off of Toyota and how Toyota came back and started dominating the world after World War II. Toyota took their money from building small econo boxes, put it into back into the company to research and develop to build better quality standards to move them higher up on the scale. Sound familiar? It's Hyundai. But the perceived luxury came from the Hyundai XG350 when it first came to North America, later named the Zara. Now, over in Korea, we had the Hyundai Dynasty, which is essentially going after the Lexus LS or Toyota Crown market. But these are products that were perceived by the marketplace as being luxury products. The XG350, even its image, just seeing it, until you see that Hyundai logo on it, you think it's a luxury product. You think it could be an Infinity product. You know it's Asian by its hard lines. Where in the 90s, hard lines were basically attached to Japanese products. So the XG350 came off of the peel of being like an Infinity or an Acura. More of a premium based product moving upscale from Hyundai's. Where at that time we still had the Tiburon and the Sonatas. The original Sonatas. These were bland, boring, cheap, crappy vehicles that they sold in massive quantities to pour their money back into better creating quality for their lineup. But again, they did this later on with the Kia brand. With the Kia at Manny. How many people have seen one of those products from far away and automatically thought to themselves, oh, look at that new Jaguar. And then it rolls past it's like, ugh, that's a, that's a Kia? Ugh. Now, there's not a lot of them on the road today. This was a perceived luxury vehicle. This is where Kia thought they can grab people who want to look luxurious. They want to have that appeal of owning a Jaguar S-Type, but didn't want to pay the money. So they borrowed its image. Kind of sound familiar, right? Every year, Auto Looks does our awards for the A-plus design awards of excellence, our Rust design awards for horrible designs, and copycat awards going out to products. And our copycat awards aren't just based off of existing 
exact replicas. Like talking about the Landwin X7, exact replica of the Land Rover Evoque. That is a standard copycat, but it also borrows its perceived image. So it gets a double copycat award because some of our copycat awards go out to companies like Hyundai and the Palisade. They received a copycat award due to the fact that the Palisade goes after a market of people who want to look like they drive the Escalade, but because they can't afford it, they, they don't buy it. They get the Hyundai to make themselves seem as the Escalade buyers. I got a Palisade. It even sounds luxurious. Like not all of the vehicles that go after that luxury appeal use luxury names. Take a look back at the Chevrolet Impala, the last Impalas we ever had. Now, if you take a look back when I rated this vehicle back in 2013, that's 2014 model, I said it's what happens when a Camaro and a Transformer have a car together. But the Impala has always been one of those vehicles that you know it's a Chevrolet, you know it comes from Chevrolet, but when you see people drive it, you look at them and you think, well, they made it because they're not driving the Malibu. So these are the people that are on the cusp of owning premium branded vehicles. They're at the higher end of the base segment. They got the image with the Impala. Chrysler's done it with the 300. You get your sport appeal with the Charger, but you get your luxury appeal with the 300. Gotta remember, Chrysler is a premium brand, not luxury, premium, because they don't compete on the exact same category as Mercedes, BMW, Audi, Lexus, or Cadillac. They compete on the same grounds as Acura, Infiniti, Lincoln as premium brands, where Lincoln is actually slowly moving into the luxury field. The Continental kind of pushed us there, but competing with products like Acura. Acura has become complacent in its place. We are the sport premium brand. They are the BMW of the premium brands, and they're happy with that. But Chrysler wanted to bring back the 300 name, and with that, they brought back that big oversized grill, which has an image very similar, if you could think about it. Ah, oh, I can't mention my name on it. Ah, uh, Bentley. Yes, Bentley. Look at the flying spur. Hell, even look at the Mulsane. Bentley got away from the oversized radiator grills that Rolls-Royce still has to this day. But Chrysler wanted an image like that. They wanted to be perceived as a big luxury car at a premium price. And that's what they become famous for. Pacifica is the same. It is a premium product. But unlike anything else in this, the Pacifica gives you the illusion of being a premium brand. Not luxury, just premium brand. Whereas something like the Hyundai Grandeur or even the Hyundai Genesis gave you the perception of a luxury car. You gotta remember, remember when the Equus, the Grandeur, and the Genesis were all out at the same time and all labeled as Hyundai products. Two of them didn't have Hyundai logos on the front. Yes, the Grandeur and the Equus did not have the labels on the front. Those two products in some select Hyundai dealership were separated out from the standard Hyundai products. They were sold in a completely different part of the sales floor, which was made to appeal to more luxurious buyers. They wanted to tell you, you can come into Hyundai and buy a Genesis. It's not a Hyundai Genesis, it's a Genesis. Where at that time it was a Hyundai Genesis. It was the Hyundai Equus. They were Hyundais. They weren't their own luxury brand, but they were almost there. They competed. The Equus competed on a similar scale as the S-Class, but due to its tie up with the Hyundai name, it could not jump that. That's why Hyundai got smart and decided to bring out their own luxury table. And in markets like Japan, you have to do this because standardized vehicles make standardized vehicles. Luxury make makers make luxury cars. Toyota sells the LS as the crown in Japan, not the Lexus LS. It's all Toyota. So there, it can pass as a Honda Equus. But in North America, if you give it a different name, you'll fool people into thinking it's a luxury product. You can jack the prices up, but even still, 
Those prices will be less than the competition. You're now luring people away from the S-Class and into the Hyundai stable. And all I had to do to do this before the Genesis name even became the company name was to take the logos off the front. Now that there's no Hyundai badging on the front, you think it's a luxury product until you read the book and it says Hyundai on it. Nobody knows. Nobody's the wiser that this product is not luxury. It has luxury features similar to that uh, how you can get a honda accord or an acura tlx with very similar features because the tlx is sold as a honda other places in the world hell right now in china you can buy the brand new acura integra that's coming to north america as a honda integra over there exact same design just different logo hell it even has the same interior the skyline in japan the four-door skyline is the q50 from infinity but over here we label it as an infinity we give it that luxury appeal. But that's just different mentalities between Asia and North America. But giving yourself perceived luxury. Now, this just isn't for standardized makes. Like, Ford is famous for using the Vignali or the Platinum Series. Or Renault with their initial Paris design. They are just more premium versions of the standardized product. It's like putting a leather interior back in the 80s in your Cavalier. And what did that turn out to be? They gave it a Cadillac name and it flopped. Volkswagen has done this before by using the A8 platform for the Phaeton and now the Fideon where you can have that appearance of luxury but not pay luxury prices. And that's what a lot of these companies are going after. They want you to be able to buy a product at a lower price than the luxury counterparts. Landwind knows that people in China will buy the Evoque. The people there want the Evoque. Why? Why do they want a sport appeal SUV? Because it's a Land Rover. Land Rover is a luxury brand. And being attached to the Range Rover portion of the Land Rover name, the Evoque is the epitome of luxury SUVs. Landwind wanted a piece of that pie, so they created the X7, an exact image of the Evoque for way, way cheaper. So you can buy the Landwind X7 similar to that as buying a Chevrolet Blazer in North America. These things were cheap compared to the Range Rover counterpart. People wanted to go out and look like they had luxury cars. People would take the logos out the front so you couldn't even tell the difference between your Landwind and your Land Rover. Without logos, everybody thinks you have the top-notch quality vehicle. They think you're that luxury guy and they think you have the money to be able to afford a Range Rover you don't. And that is something that's going on in society these days. People want the perception of being better than they really are. Facebook is a total, total example of that. How many people on Facebook look like they have the greatest lives in the world? And then you go spend an afternoon with them and they're the most horrible parents. They have crappy jobs and they're nearly bankrupt. I know people like this. They only post the happy moments online. They only post that they are a perfect little family and they cut their jack-o'-lanterns together every Halloween. Even though only one person ever does it at Halloween, they give you the perception that they are a class above you. Similar to that as buying your Palisade. So really, in the end, is having the illusion of luxury as good as having luxury? Sure, you save money, but you're just proving to everyone else out there that you just want to look like you have money and that you really don't. Because if you had that much money, you would have bought the original, wouldn't you? Would you not prefer to go out and buy a Rolls-Royce Phantom? Or do you want to buy its counterparts? The 2010 Geely GE or a Chrysler 300? Which one will you buy and keep forever the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce are built to go forever. 
They're amazing vehicles, but you pay for the quality, for the hand-stitched interior. Pay for that vehicle to take months to build, not hours to build. Some of the luxury makes out there are built in the exact same plants as others. Volkswagen and Audi, Cadillac, General Motors, Chevrolet, Lincoln, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Acura, Honda, Lexus, Toyota. They're built in the same plants. But buying something that looks similar to like a Jaguar or a Land Rover or a Mercedes, where they're the dedicated companies that built them, it's a little bit different quality. Not to say that a Mercedes is way better quality than a Lexus, which it is not, I'm sorry to say. But Lexus is part of Toyota, where Mercedes is the top tier brand. They're still built in manufactured sites. So sometimes having that illusion of luxury might be better because they're built the exact same way. What would be better for you to have? The Kia K900 or an Audi A6. Think about it. Audi and BMW are going to have the same amount of issues. So what in the end is the right choice? Yes, sometimes the cheaper alternative is the better choice. As long as you stand behind it as I chose this because of its price point and not go around and say, hey, you know, check out my my uh you know my s class and then people see the kia logo or the hyundai logo and they're like fuck you buddy this is not a luxury car this is a standardized product <laughs> you try and fool us huh it is something a lot of companies do and some of the biggest marks out there even do it themselves toyota got caught up with this with the harrier or in north america the brand new venza how its image is borrowed from the jaguar f-pace so really the illusion of luxury is similar to that of our copycat awards they may not be exact replicas not all of them but they give you the illusion of someone else and whereas we posted in 2021 model year our genesis g80 has a near exact side profile of a mercedes-benz cls but for its price point where would you go so in the end do we need that illusion of luxury yes we do need it in the marketplace because there are people that demand it how many people out there want to be able to have this illusion of luxury do you want to park a palisade in your driveway or do you want to come home and park that santa fe there because then everybody knows you got a hyundai with a palisade they might be mistaken and think oh you got something luxurious and until they understand it. Not everything is as it seems. Just like a magician, the illusion of luxury is just that. It's the illusion. Because while they're in awe over here looking at the luxury features and its image and profile, you are over here looking at the money you saved in the image it has given you. So if you've liked this podcast, please like, share, or comment on many of our different social feeds or even head on over to our main host site, autolux.net, and send us a comment. Write us a review, rate some cars, or tell people what you think about the industry at autolux.net. And do some research there. We got research on our help pages, corporate websites, or ratings. Ratings from around the world. See how everybody rates against each other on autolux.net. And just remember, big or small, we got them all corporate websites from around the globe on autolux.net and we'd like to thank our host podbeam.com and all of the other streaming services we are attached to itunes spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, google play amazon music and many 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 others we are all glad to be a part of this great podcasting circle so for myself everett j and the whole autolux team here strap yourself in for this one magical ride that the illusion of luxury will take us on.